Hi guys, I hope you're well, I hope you're fine. Welcome to another episode of Meet a Dash. And uh, I'm excited for this episode. Actually, I'm excited for every single episode that's that will be airing every Thursday. Like I said, I put up a podcast episode every Thursday. Uh, in case you're new here and this is the first time you're listening to me, my name is Cecilia. I'm a small business owner since June 2014, still going strong. This podcast is about small businesses. I talk about my journey as a small business owner. And um, this is a new series that I started on the podcast called Meet a Dash. And my goal is to introduce you to people who work who work in various lines of work so that you know what it takes to do some jobs. Some people have one job, some people have two, some people have three, like the person who's, supposed, who's about to talk right uh, now. So you have all the jobs. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm really excited. Actually, I made the decision because um, this month might be a bit busy. I'll just be doing the Meet a Dash series the whole of this month, going to December. Uh, that's what I'm thinking right now because I'm a bit busy. But yes, I hope you guys are well. I hope you guys are fine. And if you're listening to me, if you've taken time out of your day to listen to me, I really want to say thank you. I really appreciate it. Please share this uh, episode with your friends, family, colleagues, anyone. Um, so today I want to introduce someone who <laughs> we went to school with, went to Daystar together with. I've mentioned this, I was in Daystar. And he... After we graduated, we all went to different lines of work and somehow we connected years, okay, like let's say years later, not many years later, but years later, because he ended now he ended up being my client. Now I supply for supply of the good stuff. <laughs> I'm supplying. <laughs> I'm now supplying him. I'm one of the suppliers for the company that he works for. And um, and he's my friend. I'll let him introduce himself. All right. Hello, everyone. Uh, First, I mean, wait, wait, before even we continue, with, with the introducing yourself in the process, you say what you do for work. Okay. And state your job titles in the various jobs that you have. Okay. And where you work in the various places that you work. So much pressure. <laughs> All right. Hi, everyone. My name is Jotham. Mm -hmm. uh, Cecilia mentioned, uh, I've, I've been dying getting a podcast just so I can say, um, please don't forget to like and subscribe and oh share. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can now write that off. <laughs> the list. Right off the list. I mm -hmm. feel like an influencer. Anyway, seriously though, my name is Jotham. Mm -hmm. um, I am marketing manager at Century Pictures, mm -hmm. uh, which is basically uh, part of the Century group of companies, mm -hmm. uh, which does two things. Number one, cinema ownership and management. Mm -hmm. Uh, we own and manage the biggest cinema chain in East Africa. The biggest. Biggest. One of out there. Yeah. And then we just <laughs> opened up recently last year. In the, last year yeah. in South Africa. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so here in Kenya, we have Century Cinemax at the Junction Mall. And then we have Century IMAX at Garden City Mall. So yeah. those are our two sites here in Kenya. Uh, as, at the point of recording this podcast, <clears throat> uh, we're currently working on opening our new branch at Sarit. Mm. Uh, by mm. the end of the year, hopefully by December 25th, we'll have a Christmas gift uh, to the world, to the, oh, world. No, to the Kenya, oh, to Kenya. <laughs> to the, to guys who love going to cinema here in uh, Kenya, we'll have uh, our third site in the yeah. country, Century Cinemax site, will be open by that. So he's a marketing manager for all three branches. So yeah, so Mark, yeah, I'm market manager for Century Pictures. Uh, yeah, which also doubles. I also double up then also with cinema management. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, so Century Cinemax is the cinema side of things. 
sent you pictures is the distribution side of things. Oh. This is where now we get the movies from the studios in Hollywood. Yeah. And we distribute them to our cinemas and yeah. also all the other cinemas in East Africa. Hey. So that is, East so that Africa. is the main thing. Yeah. So that is the main thing because I love that world yeah. of movies mm -hmm. and, you know, of, of pop culture. Yeah. Which brings me down to number two. Your second uh, movie job. Jabber. Mm -hmm. uh, so, Movie Jabber actually, in, in, in a way, is, serves as the bedrock or the foundation mm -hmm. for all of my experiences and everything that I have right now. Yeah. So, my first comic book, uh, my, my, my father bought me my first comic book at the age of four, a mm -hmm. uh, Superman comic book mm -hmm. and an Incredible Hulk comic book. Mm -hmm. And then from that point, my uh, interest, uh, you know, in the world of, you know, superheroes, movies and mm -hmm. everything else was ignited. Yeah video gaming and whatnot. Yeah. Fast forward. Fast forward two years later, actually 2010. Yeah. 2010, subtract 1986. Uh, that's 20 something years. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not really good at math, so I'm not a calculator. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I kept on asking, so when in Daystar, mm -hmm. apart from hanging out with Cecilia, Jared, Chiso, and a few of our other mutual friends, mm -hmm. and being exemplary students, oh, and, wow. you know, oh. passing all oh. our grades. Oh, yeah, but then that's true. You want, you, want, uh, you want something, but that, that now goes to your third job. Let's that, finish with yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I want something. I was surprised at that. But anyway, yes. So um, aside from being exemplary standout students, oh campus students, very disciplined, wow. uh, High okay, no, it's true. <laughs> no, it's true. Whether that's you, that's, actually no, that's true. true. We never that's did anything you. bad. No, you, Apart yeah. From Skyview Chapel. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so in campus, myself and my fellow friends, we mentioned Chiso mm -hmm. and also Jared, too. We kept on asking, why is it that all these fun things are happening outside the country? You yeah. Know, uh, exciting events in cinema, mm -hmm. exciting video game events, conventions, you know, oh. San Diego Comic Con, and all. Why are, why are why are all those things happening out there, okay. but not happening here? Yeah, yet Kenya. we know there's a fan base yeah. in Kenya. Yeah. And that's what led to the start of Movie Jabber. So yeah, the okay. goal of Movie Jabber is not just to consume that kind of content. Okay. The goal of Movie Jabber is also not just to bring a fan base yeah. or the community, the guys who are fans of this content. Because if people who are fans at different levels. Yeah. They're guys who are hardcore fans like yeah. me. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you about the directors and their history, track record, and I can give you a critical analysis of you know some comic books, writers, and movies and whatnot. Yeah. Then you have those casual guys who they'll just watch the movie. Yeah, or they'll like watch me. the TV show. They don't really care as long as they have a good time. They won't really keep track yeah. and go like, oh, this is the same actor or same yeah. director or same scriptwriter. Yeah. So we want to bring together the fan base, but the other thing we also want to do was bring in, was now create our own content right. based on that. Okay. So that's the foundation of Movie Jabber. Then as a result of Movie Jabber, I guess the events and activities that we used to do, especially working closely with the cinemas. Okay. So that's how actually opportunities opened up for us and also for me yeah um to now you know make further inroads to work professionally with the studios okay and, and to represent them in some instances with okay. this region over east africa okay and that's how i ended up at century so so movie jabber and century oh, sort really? of have a connection because that's how they feed each other century, oh, yeah, yeah yeah century brings in the movies uh you know and century cinemax the cinema side of the company also you know manages the cinemas and you know a place for you to watch the movies yeah then movie ever comes in and creates exciting experiences and campaigns yeah around the that. movie yeah. yeah so you are the owner and the founder of movie jabber yeah so co-founder of movie jabber co uh, other co-founder is mr chiso oh, oh yeah yeah oh yeah. all right so for any movie jabber fans please 
show yeah. some some love, some support. The people who come for those events. <laughs> this is uh, our website. Oh yeah, jabber.co.k. If I may just plug it in. It's, so oh, it's yeah. movie jabber J A movie. Just you know, movie M O V I E, and then jabber J A B B E R. You know, my brother C-O-K. told me like jabber means like very. <gasps> <laughs> I didn't know that. You he told language? me that. Shen. Because <laughs> I, I, I told my bro, like, I was telling him, like, oh, you know, uh, yeah, something for movie Jabba. It's like, what's his name? Like, Jabba? Like, you know, Jabba means, I was no, like, no, oh, no. I didn't know. I am aware of the Luo side, Jabber, but I'm not Luo. And yeah. that word Jabba actually comes from an English word meaning to talk about something in a way that people wouldn't understand. Oh. And that's how the fan base is. Because someone actually asked yeah. me that. A yeah. client asked me that yeah. last week, like, what does Jabba mean? And I, yeah. I was like, I don't so, know. So, yeah, Jabba is actually an English word. It uh-huh. means to talk about something in a nonsensical way or in a way people on the outside would not understand. So that oh. represents the fan base. Like, see, right now, you are a casual fan. Yeah. So if I start talking to you about anime, the yeah. history of anime, yeah. or the history of this actor and that director, it won't make sense yeah. to you because yeah. you don't care that much. Yeah, yeah I'm not that, that invested. Yeah. So to you, it will sound like I'm jabbering because it doesn't oh. matter to you. But to the fan base and to the fans, it makes sense. So oh. movie Jabber represents, you know, a world that makes sense to the fans, but it doesn't make, make sense, sense to the outside to world. The outside world, exactly. Bingo. Wow. So for the I person who was asking me <laughs> about the meaning, Kinyanjui, Njoyo meaning, and your third job. Right. Yeah, this man oh, has yeah. many jobs. Uh, so yeah, job three. <laughs> so again, so we've established movie job and century they, and you know the cinema side, they kind of work together. Mm-hmm. And by the way, they found me at Movie Jabber. So the The uh, cinema. Yeah, the Century. Cinema, yeah, yeah, Century to oh. yeah. So it's it's nothing strange or nothing hidden to them. In oh fact, yeah, they know they about know his very open. job. Yeah. So yeah. that was my that was my condition. Like if if you want me to work for you, but just I mean, yes, I don't mind. They feed each other, they support each other. It's, it's not, not like taking it's, from it's not, exactly it's not direct competition yeah. exactly one has one brings in the product and the other you know promotes the product yeah promotes the product yeah so I, I made it clear that you know I'll do my best make sure that you know thing there is no conflict of interest yeah, conflict. and and one doesn't suffer at the expense yeah. of the other and that was the agreement and was approved on and we agreed on it and moved on now the third thing I do uh, which is what may surprise people I am <laughs> a belly dancer. <laughs> It's true. I not many people know this. Only Cecilia does. Okay, wow. Well, I trusted her with this information. Be serious. You can find me dancing at, at the Coco Bar. <laughs> it's right there, CBD, Mama Gina Street. <laughs> I've uh, actually pictured you when you dance. Don't tell the wife. Yeah, you have to find a way to make money, man. <laughs> It's a hard world. It's a hard world, man, especially this year. Uh-huh. So, uh, so the third thing I do, which uh, most probably would have ended up being my profession, if my love for cinema and you know, pop culture hadn't mm-hmm. overwhelmed it, and I guess maybe, um, I think my dad dying was was the typical factor. Yeah. I guess if my dad had not died, I would have pursued this. You'd be a professional. I would have been a professional athlete. So mm. I also play rugby. Mm. Uh, <laughs> um, having that goal of it. It's, it's lovely. Wow. I love it. I love the discipline that comes with it, uh, working out. He's buff. Uh, like, he's buff. Hey! He's so buff. He's bigger than me. Hey! He's buff. He's buff. You play rugby for which team? Um, so, right now, I play for Nondis. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who that is, but it's okay. Nondis Scripts, the oldest rugby club 
and the most decorated rugby club in the country. Oh, really? Yeah, before that, I played for Kenya Harlequin, mm-hmm. Kenya Harlequin Rugby. Mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah. Uh, so I, I, I spent the longest time at Kenya Harlequin, so it was really hard moving to Nandis. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I made the switch to Nandis. So mm-hmm. I think this season will be, this coming, well, whatever this next season starts. Oh, because it's COVID. Yeah, because COVID, yeah. yeah. It will be, I think, my third season there. So you um, play, you practice every single day, right? Yeah. So we have our at like Mondays, if, uh, on wow, a day that's not like I can't remember now. <laughs> <It's been> so no. <laughs> no, no. Let, I'm saying yeah. what I'm trying to figure out, or, like your normal day. So you work okay. your eight to five. After um, five, you go. Okay. I see your question. Yeah. So what normally happens? So we have training sessions during the week. Yeah. So normally we train on Tuesdays, mm-hmm. Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Okay. Yeah, yes, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Mm-hmm. Wow, it's been Nandi's CEO. Are you seeing your, <laughs> your team player? Doesn't know when people train. So, no, no, this COVID break has been so long. Mm-hmm. So, we have our team session, official team, team sessions, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Tuesdays, most Tuesday and Thursday is mostly ball work. Mm-hmm. No, uh, team play, yeah, and Wednesday is mostly ball work, skills mm-hmm. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Then, the other days of the week, Mondays and Fridays, mm-hmm our gym gym days so you still go there but it's gym no so on tuesdays and fridays you don't have to go gym at the club mm-hmm. if you can gym elsewhere you can okay but even also on tuesday despite training on tuesdays wednesdays and thursdays you mm-hmm. can still gym but uh-huh. i wouldn't advise you to gym after a training session because the training sessions are long like it's intense hours. it's intense running around tackling people especially when you have contact sessions like thursday and, and then if you have a game on Saturday, you can't have a contact session on Thursday for two hours. Then you gym again on Friday. Then expect to have your body in optimal condition to play a game on, on Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. So you just have to manage well. So on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, if you're going to gym, uh, normally when uh, the, the sessions are light, mm-hmm. my heaviest gym session is on Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, mostly light gym session. Mm-hmm. Or I have a gym session early in the morning before coming to work. Yeah, can you can you say that you play rugby? Is that professional? Okay, play no, rugby I mean, professionally. Rugby doesn't really count as a job per se. I mean, yeah, we do get paid. Yeah, but it's um, it fluctuates. That's the honest answer. Because like sometimes rugby, pay- rugby right now, I guess the people are it's it's at a semi-professional stage. Okay. To to something below to a level below that. Oh. Okay. So you find a lot of times that a lot of the, most of the players actually support themselves they have other jobs yeah they have other jobs or you know especially guys who are still in campus uh yeah. you have maybe the guardians of their family members feeding the rest of the costs mm. yeah not i'm not to say that the clubs don't pay the clubs too do pay yeah but that pay fluctuates yeah depending on the so you can't you can't put all your eggs in one basket exactly yeah depending on the sponsor so if you have a big sponsor like i know uh if you have a big sponsor or a big consistent sponsor mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh you things tend to work out for you a lot more than clubs who uh have not been able to get consistent sponsorship in a while yeah all right okay so next question do you love your job so the options are for yes no sometimes i plead the fifth so this depends now let's start with your marketing manager as century yeah. cinemax so which which option are you taking so yes for century obviously i'll say yes and not because my <laughs> colleagues are listening in. Uh, but yes, because as I mentioned, uh, I got 
I became interested in this world at the age of four. Okay. And I remember in campus, I wrote, I wrote it down. Yeah. I did not know there was a fish. The, the there was a job like was this. I did not know exactly. Yeah. So I just, I just, you know, I'd read up about it and I'll just put two and two together and I'll be like, hmm, you know, I'd like to be involved in distributing movies from yeah. the studios. You yeah. know, I'd, like, I'd love to work in distribution. So I gave it that because that's what it was. Yeah. Distributing something. I just gave it distribution. I did not know that it actually is a formal official job. Real job. So I love it. Mm-hmm. It's not without its challenges. Yeah. Yes, there are days where I think everybody goes through. Yeah. That. There are days there when you wake up and you're like, maybe I should go somewhere else. <laughs> maybe you get for whatever reason. Maybe yeah. you're tired, and at that point you probably need to go and leave for a bit to refresh. Yeah. Sometimes when you've been at it for a long time. Your body gets tired, yeah. you get easily demoralized, yeah. you get easily agitated. So if you're not able to recognize those factors and those elements, you make the mistake of grouping everything into one main, yeah. look at it from media from like basically a biased perspective yeah. and end up taking the wrong option and, you know, maybe messing things up. Yeah. Cause I've, sometimes I have thought about it. I'm like, cause everybody wants a bigger paying job. Yeah. Cause even right now, let's say, let's say you're earning, for example, 100k net mm. uh 300k will be, be a dream salary yeah so fine you get the 300k then after a while you want the 600k yeah the one uh, million the one million you mm. get so beyond yes the salary is important the benefits are important because you have to earn a living you yeah. have to support your family yeah but beyond that if there's one lesson i'm really grateful i learned early enough especially in campus was that there's a difference between a profession and a job yeah you get yeah it's easy to get a job yeah you can get a job that you like you can get a job that you don't like you can get a job that pays you you can well you can get a job that does not pay you well yeah but do you feel like this is your calling right. do you do you feel like elements in your life you know your dreams your fantasies your yeah. ambitions everything that you went through your talents you know your ambitions i mentioned that do you feel that all of that is really being utilized where you are because mm-hmm. if all of that if all those aspects and not being continuously utilized, challenged, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, if they're not continuously evolving within what you're doing, yeah, then you're just that's the job you have. It's yeah. not necessarily your profession, it's yeah. not necessarily your calling. Yeah, your profession, your calling, it, it may not be a, a bed of roses from the beginning, yeah, but in the long run, it opens up. Okay, you get as long as you know, this is where my heart is, mm-hmm. this is where my mind and my soul is, and I, and I believe I can do a lot more. Mm-hmm. That's when you realize you'll find that you're there. This, um, there's a marketing manager, there's somebody else is a marketing manager, same role, same company. But you find that maybe that other person seems to find more unique ways to make things work mm-hmm. as opposed to me yeah. because I'm just there going like it's just a job. Yes, but for this person's a calling. So he has that desire, that pursuit, that ambition on a daily basis mm-hmm. to you know to make things work. All to right. overcome the challenges yeah so that means automatically for movie jabba you love your job with love, the answer yeah, you've for, given with yeah for movie jabba i definitely yes, love, love it it's, it's been i think um it's movie jabba and rugby have really helped shape my character mm-hmm. have really helped me learn a lot of things especially working with people mm-hmm. working as a team mm-hmm. and learning um learning sorry um Basically, okay. learning about emotional intelligence. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um. So, in short, he loves his job. With that, with that long yeah. explanation, that long he loves, explanation. He loves long his long. job. Um. All right. So, how? I want to ask you, how did you get into this role? 
but you have more than one role. Um, I can explain. So, so you can explain how you, you've briefly explained how you got into movie Jabba because of the cinema, but mm-hmm. explain how you, after campus, how you got into, uh, what is it called? Into now that you're marketing manager at Century okay. Cinemax and then movie Jabba, I think you've already explained the passion and then rugby also how you got into rugby like when did you start rugby but it's okay. not that like you just started rugby the other day this is something you've been doing for a while yeah uh-huh so uh let me start with the easiest one rugby, rugby. <clears throat> uh so i think i became interested in rugby in high school okay but then um uh, a lot school happened. I was there, a lot happened so i was only able to pursue it in campus mm-hmm. but even then when i joined campus i tried to pursue bas- basketball mm-hmm. Um, there was a basketball team in this. Yeah, there was. Wow. There was a basketball Flash, court. I, I think Flash, there was a court, but yeah. <laughs> so, um, that I think on, I, I think my second game or my second time trying out with the basketball team, mm-hmm. uh, things got, guys were being a bit rough with me and I was just roughing them back, right back. And okay. I think there was a rugby player there, one of the guys in the team, he was, I think, in Zippo, I don't know if you remember mm-hmm. him. Yeah, I know him. Uh, he was also there, he was throwing some hoops. Then the basketball guys were like, you know, you have a lot of energy, you should go you're to strong, rugby. and you're fast. <laughs> Just go try rugby. You get because you you're killing us. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, um, I think that was the best way of getting rid of me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then I think Zibo was there. I think one of the rugby guys was there. Like, yeah, you should definitely come try it out. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I did. Tried it out. Um, I think for a semester, I was okay. But then I got distracted again. I just backed off a bit. Oh. My mom was anti-sports. So mm. She's always been anti-sports. Yeah. So there was a bit of conflict between her and in the sense that she didn't want me playing rugby. Yeah, there's a lot of um, contact, though. Yeah, I mean, for her, even if I said I was going to pursue chess, she would have said no. <laughs> chess. Yeah, she would say no. <laughs> it's, it's not even about the contact and the violence. It's just the fact it's sports. Yeah, chess has cannibalism. But, you know, but, <laughs> but we've had this discussion. Yeah. But yeah, for her, it was more so like, no, I want you to study. Yeah. I mean, the, the kind of thinking where, you know, you have to be a lawyer, you have to be a doctor, you have mm. to be, you get get a job, yeah. nine to five, wear a yeah. suit and tie, yeah. get, pay your taxes, you know, don't be adventurous. Yeah. Don't, you know, don't and that's not you. People. Yeah, that was the mentality. Go work for someone, get a job, stay there forever and ever, amen. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, she meant well by that, but yeah. that that was her upbringing. Yeah, you get. So um, yeah, so so at, at some point, I was just like, you know what? I love rugby. It was getting very difficult. Then the friends that made a rugby were like, no, you know, you're really good. You're fast. You're this. You must come and play. Mm-hmm. So I went back. The, the other thing that demoralized me was that the coach at that time put me in a position that I wasn't liking per se mm-hmm. uh, in flank. Mm-hmm. So then somebody suggested, I, I think, yeah, somebody suggested, you know, why don't you try a wing? Because we love to run. Mm-hmm. You seem like you love to run. You know, you come early, you're warming up by doing sprints. Mm-hmm. You love to run and you're fast and you're strong. So try a wing. And that was it. I tried wing and you loved it. And I loved it. I was like, yeah, this is where I want to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, but the deficit was the school didn't have a good coach mm-hmm. most mm-hmm. of the time. So other aspects like, you know, my ball handling skills, mm-hmm. kicking skills, were non-existent. Mm-hmm. I came to learn the hard way after I cleared campus and I joined a club. Joined a club. That's when I realized, oops. Wow. Yeah, because a lot of the people, almost everyone playing rugby in Kenya right now, especially those who make the, the team, mm-hmm. have a very extensive uh, high school rugby experience. Oh. So that's where they own in most of their skills. Mm. 
uh, campus was just uh, a by the way or you know mm -hmm. along the way yeah but you didn't really have to play campus well because a lot of guys like Biko Demo for example mm -hmm. um, he was in Daiso also mm -hmm. but he didn't play for Dave, the Daiso University he played mm -hmm. for Nandis and he oh. ended up making the, the Kenyan team, Kenyan team. Mm -hmm. and a couple other players also so what you're trying to say playing in in high school is very essential if you love the sport starting high school yeah if you love the sport especially rugby starting in high, high school, school. Yeah. but do you, you you're saying you really don't have to be in the team when you're in campus if you're in campus strap them up a good rugby team so oh. the problem with daystar is the management around around rugby was non-existent oh. that was the problem but okay. the other campuses like Strathmore mm -hmm. that had a good management because okay. they had a really good reign under a really good time under Mitch Ochoa. Oh, you get okay. and they've been you know they've been dominant in Kenya for a while until they got relegated. Mm. But then that said, because campus in most cases in most chances campus you rely a lot on your own talent. Mm. But if you're in campus and you're able to play for a club mm -hmm. that's already in Kenya Cup, mm -hmm. I would say do so. Especially the club has to be in Kenya Cup. I mean, yeah, if you, if you really want to challenge yourself, oh, okay. you can, if you want to play for the national team, because players for the national team are selected from Kenya Cup level. Oh. You get, they're not going to go to high school unless you're playing for under 19. I like I'm saying, oh, I don't even know what Kenya Cup is. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so yeah, so if you're in campus and if you can play for a club, mm -hmm. if you can, again, no pressure, because mm -hmm. also education comes first and yeah. that's very important. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be at Athi River Daystar, mm -hmm. then on a, your, your, your border, Mm -hmm. Then on a daily basis, you're commuting from Athi River to you know thicker, thicker highway just mm -hmm. to train with KCB. Mm -hmm. Then after training, you have to find your way back to Daystar. That's too much hard work. Mm -hmm. And also unrealistic, your education will suffer because you won't be fresh yeah. enough. Yeah. Something will suffer there. Yeah. So yeah. So if you're if you have a, if you're next to a club and your schedule everything works out and you can play for a club in a way that doesn't compromise your education, because that's number one. Fine, do so. If not. There's always the option of waiting until you graduate and then you know you join a club. That's what you did. That's what I did exactly because I was in Daiso at the river. Mm. And of course I wasn't gonna get the support from my family. Yeah. Uh, you know, to become a day bug. Yeah. And then you know, just so I could play rugby. Daybug is day scholar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Daybug is a day scholar, yeah. So you commute every day. You wake yeah. up in the morning, brush your teeth, breakfast, school, then back. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I wanted to ask what's Kenya? What's Kenya? What have you said? Kenya, Kenya open. Pop. Kenya Cup. Yeah, so Kenya, Kenya Cup, Cup is basically the top league, the top tier of Kenyan rugby in the country. Oh. Yeah, so that that is, I don't want soccer or football, so I really don't know how to com what to compare it to, oh. but just know it's the top tier. It's what everybody guns for. That's what everybody aims to play for. And then another thing is, is do you need like to pay a fee to join a, to join a club? No, I think, uh, yeah, I think uh, the, the standard age is 18. Mm -hmm. So as long as you're above 18, uh, most clubs have a development side. So even if you're younger than 18, let's say you're still in high school yeah. or you're somewhere in the middle between high school and campus, and, but basically you're below 18, mm -hmm. forget everything else. I think you need some sort of consent from your parents or your guardian, some yeah. sort of uh, written consent from them. Mm -hmm. And then you can be part of their, uh, their eighth grade mm -hmm. or their academy. But if you're 18 and above, 18 you and can and above, go to whatever exactly. club. If you're 18 and above, uh, obviously you have to prove yourself. You don't have to pay to register. You just come to train. And you prove yourself, you learn, you grow, and the opportunities will be given to you. Oh, okay. So in case you're playing and in case you you want to play rugby in high school and you're thinking about joining a club there, you really don't need to pay anything. Your talent will stand out for itself. Yeah. And if you want to join the Kenyan team, 
target the Kenya Cup. Kenya Cup level. Yeah. The Kenya Cup level. Yeah, either that or you have, you play in the National Seven Circuit League. Yeah, those big terms that he's saying, those mm -hmm. ones. <laughs> okay, we were talking about She's your process. Oh, uh, no, I haven't even watched the game. Okay, so we were talking about your process. That's how now you joined rugby, and that's how you joined. Yeah, so that's how I joined rugby, and that's how I ended up joining uh, eventually. So wait, you finished campus, then... So I finished campus. So the first club I played for was Impala. Okay. Yeah, I played for Impala, mm -hmm. but then only for one season. Yeah. Uh, I, was, I think I was a bit of out of shape and unfit because mm -hmm. I think between graduation and joining Impala, a few months had passed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I got a bit unfit. But I remember I got a serious injury, uh, which took me out of the game for a few months. Mm -hmm. And you know, at that the management at that time was like, no, they're not gonna you know take mm -hmm. care of me, insurance, yeah. I have to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. So that was an eye opener for me. So that's when I realized what everybody was telling me is true. Like you know, rugby in Kenya is still not at a professional level mm -hmm. where whatever is promised will be given. Yeah. Uh, if you're not careful, you will suffer, and no, and the same people who cheered you on won't come through for you. Yeah. So that made me focus more on my internship and you know looking for a job. And uh, yeah, I finally did, got a job, internship, and you know, started focusing a lot more on movie capital. Mm -hmm. So at that point, from that point on, even up to now, uh, you know, what pays my bills, my consist whatever gives me a consistent salary end of the month is what I focus on. Your job. So rugby is like, it's, it, it's, it's, it's a mixture of a hobby and a semi-professional kind of uh, uh, um, thing for me. Okay. So yeah. in hierarchy, it's your job, it's your like marketing third, job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then your movie job, but then, then the like, yeah. okay, because you realized the structure that yeah, yeah, I realized that at that point, I think in 2010, 2011. So, which is what if, if I hadn't realized that, I think I would have gotten deeper into it because I've seen a lot of rugby players, you know, they get lost in all the accolades and you know, being made to feel invincible. You know, mm -hmm. after every game you play well, guys buy you drinks, mm -hmm. you get all the attention, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But as soon as you get injured and you can't deliver. All the all your fans, quote unquote, disappear. Yeah, and you don't earn a salary. Yeah, the club management, you know, won't pay you what they're paying for because you're not playing. What? Yeah, because you know, again, sponsorship in rugby is not guaranteed. Mm. Uh, ticket sales are not. You get, it's, it's not professional. You get it's not where, yet at the professional. Exactly where you can you can be a player, you can be assigned to a club. You're injured, but you still get. Paid. Yeah, yeah. You get years like if you're not playing. If you're not training, you're not getting paid any training allowance, you're not getting paid any match allowance. What? Even if you're injured, you get unless of course you're you're you've been injured in the line of duty, mm -hmm. then yeah, they'll take care of you and they'll give you something. Mm. Yeah, but but it's is it's it's not it's not at the level where you can apart from when you're playing for this are they called the sevens team? The, the sevens seven. team, yeah. So So what I'm asking, unless you're playing for the sevens, if you're playing just like the way you're paying seven semi-professionally yeah, like at a club level oh yeah at a club level you can't say that you put all your eggs in one basket no, no. you can't you wouldn't no, advise that yeah i wouldn't advise that even even guys even players who are playing for kenya 15s and the kenya sevens national team, still even they will tell i mean it's well documented yeah you don't even have to rely on what they'll tell you it's mm -hmm. well documented any fan of red rugby will tell you there are times when the sevens players the 15s players they go for months without pay what? Yeah. Months. Yeah, they go for months without pay because oh, you know, this sponsor hasn't come through yet. You know those kind of stories. You know, back and forth. They'll tell you that. What? So, uh, so these people are still playing. Yeah, they're still playing because I mean, for a lot of them, they love the game. So they're yeah. doing it because of the love. They love the game and they love the country, and of course, who wouldn't want to represent the country? You get. 
but the ones who've had it, the ones who've had to experience a taste of the professional world are the ones who've had to, you know, play for other foreign teams out there. Mm. We have play. Kenyans who play for foreign yeah, teams. Have, yeah, we've had Kenyans who've had, who've had to go and play for foreign teams, yeah. Oh, yeah we currently season. have some. I don't know if we have any, any right now. Oh, yeah, we do have some right now, actually. There's one I think used to play for Impala. I forget his name. I think he's in... Um, there's one from Mamba, I think, who's in, who's in Spain, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. I mean, having kept tabs on, on that in a while because mm -hmm. of COVID. Oh, okay. But yeah, but yeah, we do have some players who, because of what they've been able to achieve, either locally, because it's possible. So some, so what you do, like most of this, most of the requirements are, you know, submit a DVD of your games. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you have a lot of clubs out of international clubs that are struggling. Mm -hmm. But funny enough, they're struggling to, they're struggling to us as well yeah. you'll find like a club out there will get you and will pay you 300k a month mm. but they're not even that club is not even at the top tier level mm. abroad mm, okay. you see to a rugby player even if you can get even if you can be guaranteed fifty thousand shillings a, a month, month from playing rugby that's good that is something wow yeah. so if you're listening to if you if you have the love for the rugby game now you have some insight um we're still yeah i'm telling you this is a man with three jobs this is going to be a long one so then how did you do we really have to explain how you got into century yeah i can do that very quickly yeah so again so because of that injury it made me focus a lot on my on my you know my career yeah. and whatnot as i was also healing yeah so that's when i started paying a lot of attention movie jabber yeah and um and i was like okay we don't have funding to do much because at that time proposals had been sent out but they were rejected yeah and I remember in 2010, I told, I was telling the sponsors uh, I would meet with that I see digital digital videos as the future. Yeah. At that time, I was just talking about YouTube. Yeah. I had no idea that you know, like, I don't think anybody had any idea that Instagram would pop up, yeah. TikTok would pop up. Yeah. But end of the day, I say so clearly, I see social media being the future, yeah. and I see videos on social media being the future. And yeah. I say that then, and they yeah. didn't take me seriously. But look where we are now. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so when all the proposals were rejected, I remember going back and just going like, you know what, as long as I have Wi-Fi, because I was staying in my aunt's place, mm. so there's Wi-Fi, and I think my cousin gave me an old laptop, so I was like, let me just open up a Facebook group and give people a chance to talk, because at that time, the biggest, you know, a business starts because of a need. Yeah. A business has to solve a need. Yeah. So one thing I started realizing that was common among fans like me was the fact that you know at that time you have to go, you'd, go, you'd have to get your content from a DVD guy. Yeah. We, we started realizing that you'd buy a DVD unless you had a, re a relationship with this DVD guy. He or she knew you for a while. Um, you'd find that you'd buy a DVD and the number of episodes wouldn't match what was promised. Okay. They would tell you you know there are twelve episodes of this show. Yeah. But you get home you find there are only two episodes and the rest are other shows. Yeah. Or just something would happen. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, so I figured, fine, a movie driver may not be able to achieve everything he wants to achieve in the beginning, yeah. but there must be somewhere to start. So yeah. what small need can movie driver deal with? So we formed a group, and the purpose of the group was to let the common person just talk to each other, give each other a credible word. Yeah. Like, before I went out to my DVD guy, I would ask myself, I would ask someone, you know, somebody would be able to ask, how many episodes of this show are available? Yeah. And then people would give the feedback. The feedback. Mm -hmm. So you'd go, and you'd go informed, you'd go knowing that, the only four episodes of Suits season one. Mm. So my DVD guys should not tell me six episodes or any of the yeah. That was number one. Number two, we also evolved into a meetup 
where we we uh, we now talk about uh, what movies are showing in cinema. Yeah. So building a lot of awareness on the cinemas locally. Yeah. What movies are coming out, and then we form a meetup and go watch these movies together. Yeah. So the big break was uh, so after a while we got the attention of the then manager of Century Cinemax. Yeah. And whose wife was a representative of Warner Brothers, Fox, and Disney at that time. Mm -hmm. So uh, so he. He asked me to meet with them because mm -hmm. he saw what was happening, and he was like, and then she was like, "Listen, uh, I can give you Man of Steel yeah. in advance if you can organize an advanced screening and fill out the cinema." Ooh. This was in 2013. Mm -hmm. So at that time, I don't even know if it was possible to watch a movie in advance. Yeah, because I thought, you know, like you know, movies edited, it's finished the day before, and the next day is in cinemas. Mm -hmm. But apparently, there's a long, it's a very well organized process that starts in advance. So, cut long story short, we delivered. Uh, we filled out the cinema. We even chasing people away. This was in 2013. What? Yeah. And then from that point, so that was now the first big break. We were like, okay, so Movie Driver can either come via our agency mm -hmm. or you can come work as an individual within us. Mm. And then Movie Driver can, can still do what it does for us and also for itself. Mm. So I had a talk with the guys and because we didn't have, um, we didn't have any experience running an agency, we figured it would be safer just you me being on the inside first. yeah so that was my first big break as no that was my second big break yeah. as well. my first big break was actually working for kenyatta's campaign 2013. saw the video content we're doing so i got called up really they saw the the video content from movie java and then that's how they got you that's how they go yeah they, they called up yeah the blog video content 2013 yeah i never the only time i've applied to that applied for a job before that was that Radio oh my god, I was so envious when you guys were working for that campaign because yeah. you were with Samadhi Stay and then Dan. Dan. Dan yeah. Oh my god, yeah. I was doing like, Geez. yeah. So, yeah, it was actually Dan who, because I think they wanted somebody who was creating content for the youth and you know, yeah, oh, youthful stuff like that. Yeah, but yeah, so that was the first big break. And then the second um, one, then after he won the campaign, I think guys were given a choice choice mm -hmm. either be integrated, be part of the government, ah. or you can say bye bye. And, yeah, and you know, you you left. I, I was like, Yeah, government is not for me. Yeah, this is my passion. So, again, that's the difference. I could have stayed, I would have gotten a lot of perks and whatnot, no. but I just knew in, in a week's time, I'll just be dead on the inside. Yeah, yeah. So, you so you left, I, yeah. So, and I, now was, I had those two offers. So, I went for the I went for the for, for the, your passion for the yeah, distribution, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, distribution so so that's so that's when now um, it's now been from then it's just been uphill since then yeah. okay so that's so. how yeah so so that's how i say movie driver just feeds into everything it doesn't mm. compete it's not right it just feeds into it wow you see don't don't give up on your passion don't his passion literally gave him two jobs and you started with telling people about movies for dvds dvd corner movie movie corner episodes that's how you started with facebook Facebook, yeah. And you got Facebook groups were what thing? Oh yeah. my god, I'm impressed. Actually, some of this information I'm even learning today, and you've been I've my friend been, for a I've long time. Really shortened it, but there's a lot more. <laughs> oh, that's what I'm a firm <laughs> believer in. You know, you have to make it your calling. What is the hardest part of your job? What is the hardest part of your job for rugby? What's the hardest part? Man, it's it's um well. <laughs> most of the times you self-finance yourself most of the times oh you self-finance yeah, yourself sometimes because you know different clubs have different deals have different resources you get. So, so you'll find that uh it's a it's a balance this club will give you free gym membership you don't have to pay for a gym you mm. don't have to pay for a lot of things but then they give you less exposure on the field maybe mm. they have politics internal politics you get mm. this other side this club may not have politics 
but you realize that you're spending a lot of money just to be there. You know, you're spending a lot of money because maybe it's far or maybe you have to pay for your own gym session, you get uh, a lot and whatnot. So that's what makes work be difficult, the fact that the expenditure outweighs the income coming in financially. And <laughs> what's the hardest part of being a marketing manager? Well, sometimes it takes a while for ideas to catch on, especially um, you'd think, you know, some brands locally that have international head offices or some, you know, brands that are represent, representatives or, you know, sorry, brand, local brands that are branches of international brands. So before I used to think that, you know what, X brand is doing this globally. So, wow, I can just approach them with the same idea and bingo. They'll just accept. Accept. But it's not the same because, because you know, communication down the chain sometimes isn't there. Mm -hmm. Or if it's there, it's different. The agenda for the global market may be different from the agenda in the, each brand, in the branch exactly mm. each group, which makes sense because people are different cultures are different you get so you find that but sometimes but that aside the biggest problem is most of the brands that would approach for sponsorship given how unique our idea is i kept we keep on saying it internally if all we're doing is musical concerts you know this and, is for the century cinemax century cinemax and mm. movie because it's the same product okay it's cinema movies the oh, same okay. product okay the same product so you find it takes a while for a brand to understand how do I how does my Avengers? brand benefit? You know, that's what I'm saying. Like thinking outside of that creative, the room oh. for creativity, the room to think outside the box. Very few brand uh, here yeah, are willing to to be open. To be open, yeah. The, oh, ones, who have, the ones who have met who are very open-minded, I've had to learn a lot from that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, maybe in the beginning there'll be a lot of explaining explain to do, but I've had to learn a lot from them. And even right now, we still maintain our relationship, mm -hmm. you, know, our, you know, communication and whatnot. But you find that those brands that just want to do play safe. They just want the simple, give simple influencer yeah, to yeah. market. Yeah, or that's what Safaricom is doing. Let's, let's copy do, let's copy, uh, exactly. let's copy. Let's yeah. copy what so Safaricom is doing. That is the biggest problem. Which is which I kind of get is because this is these are movies, and I'm trying to put your brand to market your brand around a movie yeah it's still foreign it's still, it's still foreign yeah but the funny thing is this the same brand managers are the same ones who watch movies so yeah. it makes you wonder at what point did they switch off at what point did they switch off and just watch without you know noticing that oh this movie has audi in it this movie has has you know pepsi in it this movie has coke, coke in, in it. it you get how do i you get how do i copy that what do you get like you go and do your research so whenever i watch a movie so right now behind the scenes we get a lot of briefs yeah we get a lot of briefs so even before the the uh, the, the campaigns are made public mm -hmm. we're given briefs so like this is the brands we're working with and here's what you can do locally so but when you when, when you go with the brief to the brand yeah you even have proof you even have contacts from the studios and whatnot you still meet a roadblock because the person is just not. It's like I still uh, don't, I, see I how. don't see how. I don't see how. So anyway, that's, that's, that is the biggest challenge. So marketing managers, open up your mind to new ideas. Come on, come on. Uh, what's the easiest part of your job? Watching as a rugby player. Watching, okay, as a rugby player, easiest part of my job is the health benefits. You know, I learn. I learn how. I really go to hospital. Oh yes, that's true. Yeah, How many days a week do you work out? Uh, Every day. For me, uh, it's five days a week. Five days a week. Apart yeah. from right now, of late, I rest three days a week. I work out extensively four days a week. By extensive is how many hours? Two hours at the minimum. Working out so for two Monday, hours. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah, because you're doing something different every day. Two. 
Me 30 there's, minutes, there's I'm a, crying. There's a science, trust me, there's a science to it. So it's, wow. Yeah, a science Every it. time I see, like I go to Pop Sugar Fitness mm-hmm. on YouTube and I see 60, 45 minutes, I'm like, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> this is not for me. Like once it starts counting down, I'm like, oh my God, what time would we get to? 10 minutes? No, we running alone, two hours. when I go running, uh, I make sure it's more than an hour. Like running alone is more than an hour. So yeah. I run and I do everything else after running. Ah. So running alone is one hour. Then warming up takes thirty minutes at the minimum because you have. There's a science to it. It's not just yeah. people think that you know you lift this, you push that, yeah. boom, you're fit. Yeah. But there's a science to it. So, but they have never seen. And you sick. always learn. It's true. Yeah, very rarely. So you learn about your body. You ah, learn about your body, and okay. you learn what not to take in, what to take in. Uh, so that's the easiest part. The easiest part about now, uh, century movie side of things, movie job. Uh, century is like just watching the movies and oh, having yeah. watching stuff for free in cinema. That's pretty dope. <laughs> and getting some free tickets here and there. That's pretty dope. That's true. That's the easiest like part. you watch movies before everyone. Yeah, that's, that's the cool. There was a point. There was a time I watched the movie one year in advance. What? Yeah, one year in advance. That's so nice. Yeah, that was so cool. Yeah. So on the movie job side of things, there's a lot of room. We have, we have we have a lot of room to experiment and try new things. Because yeah. that market, you know, pop culture events and it's content, still new, it's yeah. still new, it's still growing. So yeah, okay. I mean, that's what it is. As a new business, you have all the room to make mistakes. It's fine. Very. Okay, so your best experience in any of you as a rugby player, as the highlight of your career as a rugby player, as a marketing slash movie jabba co-owner, marketing manager. Rugby that and is, the worst, also it's the best and the worst. So both. Okay, so for me, rugby, I guess the brotherhood and the friendship that I've had to make from it. Those are the best experiences. Those are the best experiences. Yeah, the worst experiences will always have to be the political side of things, where you feel you've done your best, I guess, mm-hmm. but you know maybe management has the specific management comes with its own biasness yeah. and whatnot. But then that's everywhere. But then still, it doesn't make it a pleasant experience. But one thing rugby has taught me is, I must admit, there was a point I didn't take things seriously, but because of the experience I told you, mm-hmm. I was more focused on my job and my career yeah. as opposed to, you know, digging deep, sacrificing, giving my everything mm-hmm. to make the national team. Okay. So sometimes that didn't go well with some people in management because, uh, you know, there's some people who just enjoy having you begging them yeah. or not. Yeah. So now on the movie job side of things, the best experiences, I guess, would have to be... Um, our Batman vs Superman campaign with Turkish Airlines. Oh, that was nice. Our Black Panther campaign with Britannia, and our Man of Steel uh, campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's on the Movie Jabber side of things. And then we, we have a really great team of Movie Jabber guys. They're like fans. We learn a lot from each other. Mm-hmm. Um, on the cinema side of things, the best experience I guess has been um, also working with. Uh, um, I mean, getting the chance to meet the studio presenters. Getting to fly out, meet Disney, uh, meet Fox, and learn how those things, how, learn how they think and work behind the scenes. They're very, very, very well organized, which is possibly, which is, which is the, which is the reason why their their entertainment is everywhere around the world. You can be in India, but you know who the Avengers are. You can be in Kenya, but you know who the Avengers are. You're able to say Iron Man. You're able to recognize Iron Man. That so the team, the team behind it is very exactly para. there's a good balance between creativity and business, and I think that's something our creative scene, especially from a film perspective, is ignorant of. There's a lot, there's a lot more leaning towards the creative side of things without understanding the business side of things. And the worst, ex- oh wait, you said the worst experiences of movie job and marketing management. The worst experiences movie job, I think, were I think where we overpromised because you know not that we're lying, it's just that ignorance. 
yeah, yeah like experience, experience theory, yeah there's that on the movie other side on the century side of things distribution side of things bad experience oh yeah bad experience is always when you, you when you think you have a really good idea a really good campaign but the studio comes back and goes like now that's above budget cut it <laughs> work with this budget work within this limit and you're like oh city foreign on nothing about but yeah but still yeah okay so what what advice would you give to anyone planning to get into any of the roles that you are in uh but i can't learn that social media will only show you success which is also edited which is why it has filters yeah. you get people take pictures and they put filters and yeah. they look polished and smooth and yeah. perfect but i've come to learn that what people put out there is always their best yeah even brands when brands advertise mm. they'll never tell you their bad side mm. they'll never tell you okay that's so true so in a nutshell my best advice would be whatever it is you're doing not just if you want to take me part of this profession you need to be very honest with yourself you need to learn your lessons there's some lessons you can only learn by experience but try to reduce it as much as possible try to talk to people and learn your lessons verbally and implement them don't mm. learn from experience and then don't put pressure on yourself People will come and tell you about Mark Zuckerberg, I don't know, Jeff Bezos and all that stuff. <laughs> but they will never show you the years. Yeah, they've put it. Yeah, people will come and tell you, you know, Bill Gates did this, he created that. But, you know, I went back and read, uh, you know, just to paraphrase, I, he, he's, he came from a wealthy family also. You get so Bezos. Some, uh, Bill Gates. Oh. Yeah, so it's not like he built from scratch. You get so but then again uh just you need to look at things within context and just work hard and realize that your journey is unique and different don't put pressure on yourself don't compare yourself yes thank you so much for coming i really appreciate it thank you very much sorry maluya when louis is a microphone he talks <laughs> the interview has been long but thank you so much and I hope you guys have learned something from here. And feel free to follow us on Instagram. My page is at MBL underscore podcast. That's mango, banana, lemon underscore podcast. Uh, see you guys next week. Bye.